Good morning and welcome everyone. We're starting our broadcast and uh, we, will, we will be waiting here for a couple of minutes for everyone to join. Just wishing everyone a, a happy Easter. I hope you're getting to enjoy a glorious start. All right. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome again and happy Easter. And uh, just excited to share some time with everyone today. So I just want to move over a little bit. <laughs> so I hope you have time to gather your families around and uh, have an awesome time for everyone today planned. So just uh, something just to give a heads up. We've done the past couple of weeks uh, some prayer requests at the end of our time together. And we're going to do that again today. So um, in, in addition to enjoying our time together here, please be thinking about some prayer requests that we can all uh, talk through and, and pray for uh, after we're done. So uh, a special special heads up today that uh, as families are gathered to make sure that uh, the little kids are here because in uh, I think just a minute or two we're going to want to make sure that they can uh, see the TV, the screen, and uh, I hear there's a special visitor. Mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. So with that, Dave, would you like to uh, kick us off please with some prayer? Sure. Um, We'll pray. We'll pray in just a moment. But I want to say thank. I want to say thank you, everyone, for joining us. Welcome to Oak Ridge Easter gatherings. Warm welcome to those who might be visiting with us. I trust that you feel very comfortable forwarding our our Sunday morning gathering invitations to friends and family and people that might want to join us. We're very happy that you could join us. You know, a traditional Easter greeting is for us to say to one another when we see each other on a Sunday morning is He is risen. And the response is, he is risen indeed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a chance to share with the people that you're gathered with and say, he is risen and respond to one another. And if you're there listening by yourself, then I will greet you and say, he is risen. Go ahead and greet one another. And we'll, pop, we'll wait a moment. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's wonderful. We have the unalloyed joy of recognizing the fact that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. We are gathered here today, even though we can't be together physically, Scripture says where two or three are gathered in his name, that, that he is there in, in, in his presence. So Jesus is here with us, and we are able to be, have fellowship with one another, even though we're not able to be with one another physically at the building. Um, I'd like to take a moment and pray, and uh, we're going to have a moment. We're going to have a moment of silence. And uh, what I'd like you to do is, I'd like you to continue your Holy Week reflections and take a moment to pray and express your own joy and your own worship to God in the recognition that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And in a few moments, I will close us in prayer, and we'll begin. So go ahead and take a take a few moments. To, to worship before God right now. Hmm. Father, it's wonderful that we can come before you with singing, we can come before you with shouts of joy, and we can also come before you in silently bowing our hearts, composing ourselves before you, 
and, and submitting ourselves to you. I'm so grateful that we have that opportunity today. Lord, we rejoice. We worship. We're so grateful that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead victorious many, many years ago, God. We celebrate. We welcome that news, Lord. We worship you and bow ourselves before you. We also want to ask for your blessing and your peace and your protection. Our country, our world, our communities are going through difficult times right now. People are ill. Things are, things are, things are shut down. God, we ask for your protection. We ask for your healing hand on our communities, on our nation, on the world. Indeed, Lord, restrain the effect of the virus that's impacting all of us, God. We pray for wisdom for our leaders that they would understand the right steps to take and they would make the right steps with the right motives and the right timing, Lord. And uh, just thank you that we have this technology that allows us to gather and to, and to worship you together and to spend time with each other in a remote manner. And we just, that we just lift this up in Jesus' name. Well, so Holy Week is, I trust that you've had a fruitful, I trust that you've had a fruitful time um, of reflecting this past week as you consider the, the path that Jesus went, Elsie! <laughs> what are you doing, Elsie? Oh, thank you. Is this for me? No! Moo, it's my Easter basket! I got all kinds of grass for Easter. Oh, I can't wait to eat it. That sounds good. It's yummy. I love Easter. It's my favorite holiday. It's mine too, but why do you like Easter, Elsie? <laughs> Who wouldn't? Look at all the yummy grass I got. <laughs> Uh, Elsa, you know that Easter is more than just about getting grass to eat, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, of course. There's the Easter bunny and Easter egg hunt and decorating Easter candy and all kinds of fun things. And Jesus, right? Jesus? Is it his birthday? No, 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 no. We celebrate Easter because it's when Jesus died. And... Jesus died? Why would we celebrate that? Well, he died for our sins, Elsie. My sins? Yes, Jesus died for our sins so that we could be made right with God and we could return to God. Um, Jesus died on the cross, right? That's right, Elsie. And, and he died for my sins? So every time I get mad or don't tell the truth or don't obey my mom, Jesus died for that? He sure did. But why? Because he loves us. And Jesus dying was the only way that we can return to God. Ooh, that makes me so sad. Oh, don't be sad, Elsie. Why? Jesus died. But he didn't stay dead. He didn't? No, Jesus came alive again. He rose from the dead. He did? He sure did, and that's why we celebrate Easter. Wow! Wow, that's even better than Easter grass. Jesus rose! Wow! He's alive! He rose from the dead. Wow, it makes me so happy. I'm going to go tell all the other cows. This is the most exciting news. Oh, he's alive! Moo!
Oh, Elsie, you forgot your basket. Oh, okay, I guess that's okay. So, Elsie, indeed, understand that Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive. And what a difference a day makes. We should compare the celebration of Easter morning to the drama of Good Friday and to the silence of Black Saturday. And we have joy and victory of Resurrection Sunday. On Good Friday, the disciples witnessed the trial and torture of their beloved teacher and the Messiah that they placed their hope in. They, how confused they must have been as they watched him be captured and, and surrender himself to the authorities and go through torture and pain and be treated like a criminal. And then on Black Saturday, the disciples mourned Jesus' death. They were resting on Sabbath and mourning, and they probably wondered what would happen next. Imagine the thoughts and feelings of Jesus' followers on that Sabbath before his resurrection. Had they lost hope? Was Jesus wrong? I'm sure they were terrified. I'm sure they were confused. For us, Holy Week is a time of reflection and expectation, but we know how the story ends. We spend Holy Week looking forward to Easter morning, but the resurrection is not something that the disciples were expecting. Jesus said to Thomas, blessed are those who have believed without having seen. Sometimes I, or we might, we might often assume that we're better. We have more faith in the disciples because we believe in Jesus without actually having spent time with him in person. Yet we see his resurrection clearly with 2,000 years of hindsight, whereas the disciples had only had to face the first day of the week with fear and mourning. Then something amazing happened. Early in the first day of the week, some of the women who followed Jesus went to complete the burial preparations, and they returned with the shocking news that Jesus was alive. Then the disciples' world was transformed in a moment. In a short period of time, they were transformed from fearful followers into bold proclaimers of the gospel. Their hearts and their lives were changed because of, their, because of his presence and because of their faith. There's a psalm that's been very encouraging to me this week as I've meditated on Holy Week. It's Psalm 126. Turn with me now, open up your Bibles or flip on your, flip on your phones, and let's read Psalm 126 together. I'm going to share my screen so you can see the passage as we read together. Psalm 126. I'll give you a moment to open up your Bible. I've also shared it on the screen. It starts and says, When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Do you know that many passages of the Old Testament point forward to the New Testament? And the New Testament fulfills the prophecies of the Old Testament? Psalm 126 is a song of joy. Likely written to celebrate Israel's return from captivity in Babylon, but it also looks forward, as do many of the Psalms, to the events of Jesus' life. Israel sinned for many years and was taken away into captivity in a foreign land, but God did not forget his people. He rescued them and demonstrated his power 
to the nations. Likewise, we are held captive by our sins. Jesus Christ defeated death and come to our rescue. He invites you to share in the victory that he experienced. Receive life in him through you putting your faith in him. Will you join him? Will you join him in life? Will you join him in proclaiming the good news? The rest of that psalm, if you have your Bible still open, the rest of that psalm says, Restore our captivity, O Lord, as the, dream, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Good Friday and Black Saturday are filled with tears, but Christ's resurrection comes with joy. Christ brings his sheaves with him. You are his sheaves. I am his sheaves. You are the one that he rescued. Just as the disciples' world was transformed, our world can be transformed. We can be freed from sin. We can have a relationship with God. We can experience the healing presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our priorities and our relationships can be turned upside down. Jesus sowed with tears in his final week. He experienced the wrath of God, the wrath of the Father, for my sake and on your behalf. He brought you forth from the depths of hell and invites you to share in the joy and the peace and salvation that he offers. He also invites you to share in the purpose that he offers in, in, in your life. I encourage you, accept his invitation. Place your faith in him alone for your salvation. Join him in sharing the good news of salvation with your family, with your neighbors, with your friends, with your coworkers. That's why we're saved. We're saved to worship him. We're saved to love other people around us. We are saved to serve and to give of ourselves. We're, served, we're saved to imitate the sacrifice that Jesus made. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. He suffered for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. And as Lord God, he rose from the dead. And he rose not just to save us and not just to restore us, but to give us purpose, to give us a hope, to give us a mission and to invite us along with him. So accept the invitation that he's given to you. Accept the invitation that he's extended to you. And join in, believe in him, trust in him for salvation and labor with him in bringing in the sheaths of the people around you. Let's pray. Lord, again, we rejoice. We praise your name. We recognize that Jesus Christ is the victor. Jesus, you rose from the dead. You are powerful. Death could not hold you. Oh, death, where is thy sting? It has no sting. It had no power. You paid the price. You submitted to the Father completely. You fulfilled your mission. You pleased the Father, and you are pleased in, in turn to offer us that gift of eternal life ourselves. God, we thank you. We praise you. We recognize that. Lord, I bow my heart before you. Thank you for your love. 
Lord, I pray that you would show me every day who it is you want me to love and how you want me to serve and how you want me to give, especially now in difficult times, even more difficult times. I pray, God, that we could be salt and light to our families, to our neighbors, to the coworkers. Show us, even, in, even as we're dealing with people in remote circumstances with, with, with uh, telephone and video instead of face-to-face, I pray there will be a spirit in our hearts that shows our genuine and sincere concern for them. And let it be motivated and animated by the life that you've given us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. I say praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you. In a, in a few moments, communion will follow. You guys, let's sing together. Christ is risen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. The prodigal is well. The sinner now was saved. Well, the God who died came back to life, and everything has changed. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah. Christ is risen from the grave. Oh, death. Oh, death, where is your sting?
end on, on verse 3. And on the day you called me in to heaven's sweet embrace, I see your scars, your open arms, the beauty of your face. And through tears of joy, I lift my voice in everlasting praise. Hallelujah, Christ is risen from the grave. Amen. Thanks, guys. So, as Dave mentioned, we're going to be sharing communion together, albeit in different places. And um, communion, of course, takes on a special meaning as we celebrate Easter. Um, because we're celebrating and remembering the events um, that bring us communion, the Last Supper, um, Jesus going to the cross, his time in the grave, and then his resurrection and the empty tomb. Um, if, you have, um, if you have the elements with you ready to share with us, then, then that's great. Uh, there are no particular rules about what those are, right? So we have a piece of bread here and a cup of grape juice that we're going to be using um, in our family. If you have something similar, then don't worry, don't, don't, you don't need to go running around now to try and find those things unless you want to. The Last Supper is a meal. The Last Supper where Jesus gave the ordinance of communion was a meal shared with his disciples. So we'll all be sharing a meal together today in our families. Um, perhaps a special meal for Easter as well. Uh, Marie actually managed to find, find a leg of lamb for today for us, which was no small feat in these times. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, so if you're not able, if you don't have those things to hand now, um, then please stay with us at least. Um, and then maybe at your mealtime today, you can do this as a family. Um, you know, there are no qualifications um, given in scripture um, for uh, who's uh, able to conduct communion. You don't have to be a special person. I'm not a special person. Um, so, um, so please feel free to do this in your family as Jesus, as Jesus commanded, as he instructed to remember him. Um, so um, as I said, it's, it's a very special time, a very, very poignant time to celebrate communion um, during Easter week. I just want to read a little from Matthew um, 26 um, and the account of the Last Supper there and reflect on a couple of things um, just as we, as we prepare to take communion together. I'll read from, um, from, from the beginning of the account. Matthew writes, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, go into the city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. 
it would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And that's the point where uh, Peter says, well, even if everyone else falls away, I'll stay with you. And Jesus tells him how he's going to deny Jesus the three times um, before the rooster crows in the morning. And I was, I was thinking about this. Marie um, was reading to the, to the kids last night a summary of Passion Week that's in um, the study Bible that she has. And it says this, it says, talking about Friday, the crucifixion day, it says that Jesus would undergo betrayal, arrest, desertion, false trials, denial, condemnation, beatings, and mockery, and then was required to carry his cross to Golgotha, the place of the skull, where he was crucified with two criminals. And I thought, it just struck me and you what an amazing thing this is. If you've been reading the devotions that, um, that Pastor Dave has been sending out this week, you'll have seen in uh, yesterday's, he commented on how a lot of what we see in Jesus' life and in, and in this week, this Easter week in particular, um, is uh, foreshadowed in the Psalms, right? And it's, Jesus knew that all of those things were going to happen to him. He knew that he would undergo... and go to the cross uh, for people who would actually desert him in the first place his first disciples would desert him in his, his time of greatest need and as he as he prays in the garden of gethsemane the night before his uh, the night of his arrest and the night before his crucifixion he sweats drops of blood not just because of the physical um uh pain and torment that he's about to go through but the emotional and the spiritual pain and torment he's going through that his, his followers who have been with him are about to desert him. And most of all, that the father is about to cut him off as he becomes the sacrifice for us. And I just thought, what an amazing thing it is that even though he knows all of that is coming, he is still saying to his disciples, he knows that they will, that they will come back to him, come back together, that the spirit will indwell them. He knows everything that's coming and everything that's coming from now on as well. Um, and yet he's willing to go through this knowing that in his time of greatest need, they're going to desert him. And I just think that gives extra, extra poignance as we celebrate communion today. That Today is the resurrection day. 
Today is the day in which our hope is set before us. That Jesus has gone to the cross. He has died and gone to the grave. He has experienced the wrath of God poured out on him for our sakes, the penalty that was due to us. And now he is risen and we have a hope eternal in him. And so as we celebrate this communion together in our homes, I just encourage you to reflect on those things. Let's not overlook what he went through for us, knowing that, that, we would, you know, that his followers would desert him, knowing that all of us still fall and come back to him. He knows that none of us, none of his followers will be perfect in our, own, uh, in our own right or by our own merit, that we will all fall and we will all need his forgiveness, that we will all add to that burden that he experienced. And yet he's still willing to do that for us. And that today, of all days, our overriding um, thought and feeling towards him can be one of thankfulness and joy and hope because he was willing to go through all of those things and to rise to eternal life. So I'm going to pray and give thanks for these things and give thanks to God as Jesus did. We're going to have just a moment in our own homes to take that bread and the cup together. We won't rush it. We'll give it a moment or two. So just if if it seems like things are just stalled for a moment, just enjoy that time together, dwell on it. Um, And then after a moment or two, Jason's going to lead us um, in another song. Um, just indeed as the disciples and Jesus sung before they went out to the Mount of Olives. So let's pray, and then we'll take these things together. Lord God, we thank you that you are an amazing God. We thank you that nothing is a surprise to you. We thank you that nothing is outside of your control. And as we, as we look at the circumstances of the world around us now, We want to remind ourselves and recognize that you are in control, that nothing happens without you causing or allowing it to happen. And that despite everything going on in the world around us right now, the hope that Jesus gives us by going to the cross, by going to the grave, and by rising again and being seated at the right hand of the Father, that hope is unquenchable and we thank you for it. We claim it in your name as what you have done for us. We thank you that you are willing to pay that price for us, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live with us to strengthen and encourage us, especially in these times. And we look to you. We look to put our trust in you and our hope in you. We thank you for being willing to rescue us and save us, forgive us for our sins. And we thank you for the hope that you have set before us. And even as you call one's home now in this difficult time, we know that our souls may rest eternally with you. And so we trust ourselves to you, whatever circumstances might befall us in these weeks and months. It's in you we trust, it's in you we hope. And as we take this bread, and this cup together. Lord Jesus, we remember, as you instructed us, your body that was broken for us, your blood that was shed for us, the blood of the new covenant, the new promise that you have made to us to rescue us and to give us 
eternal life. And it is in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen.